Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Emma Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. All right, bye weeks are over, man. It's time to get rocking and rolling. Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens with you, JT, as well. Um, man, what a bye week it was. Uh, Ron Koppel joined us at 6.15. You can ask Peter anything. You can ask Pete Sweeney anything. That number, 913-586-7610. We'll do the AP mailbag for one Pete Sweeney, the chief editor, and I guess the plaid prince. I never really said that, but they always they call you that. That's, that, that's, that As you a, are in Platt. That was a, a Carrington creation. Yeah. Mm. It's caught on. I, I I have been called that out, out of the radio station a few times. Really? Has it been anybody that, like, you didn't know? Or was it some random, hey, it's Platt Prince? Yeah, like like some of that. Actually, I don't think anyone I, I personally have a relationship off of off of the air or anything like that has yeah. ever called me that. It's all It's all people I don't know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, Doesn't really feel like the bye week is over until tomorrow, I feel like. Because they're, everything's pushed back a day? Yeah, that's how Andy Reid does it. We don't get the first initial media until Thursday. Yeah. Somebody says that you got called Pino Pete. Yeah. Well, 60 Pete. degrees, Daddy. You know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> what are you doing? Patio, man. Yeah. I got to enjoy, because this is kind of like my bye week. Right. Sure. This it's is all, my last day of the bye week. It's all of our bye weeks. In like this, guys in like sense. you yeah. and Nate Taylor and and there's others that grind every single week for this team that goes seemingly every single year to February. Right. Like people don't realize. Like, and I'm not here to like you know kiss your ass or anything like that. But I'm just kind of letting you know. Like, you get a 60 degree day in the middle of November, you're gonna have a little suds or a little bit of vino. And you're going to relax because you know mm-hmm. that come Thursday, we go right back into just express mode. It's gun ho, yeah. They play it. Tw- they have a meeting at 12. They have practice. Here's the injury report. By the way, Philadelphia, here's their. And then it's just like the season starts. And that was what was kind of ironic, as I guess I'm going to tie this all in together, is that was the busiest bye week of any bye week. I feel like that's why it feels expedited. Because, I mean, everybody lost. Right. Like, if you yeah. did a parlay and you were like, all right, hear me out. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore, <laughs> all losing, and the Chargers are going to lose, too. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not jumping on that plus, you know, 2,100 parlay. It happened. Right. Chiefs didn't play. And by seemingly not playing, the Chiefs have elevated themselves in the standing. Am I wrong? Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, everybody. Yeah, I thank you. I think that... I think that it's become a little bit more clear here in Kansas City while you had a, a week to chill just how much of a good situation the Chiefs are in. Yeah, could things be better on the offensive side of the football? For sure. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all the spokespeople that you would call them that of, of the Chiefs offense have, have admitted that. But as far as just winning football games, they're 7-2. and two. And I said this on the drive, and I'll reiterate it here. I think those losses that they have to the Detroit Lions, who look like one of the better teams in the NFC, and now to the resurgent Denver Broncos, they 
weren't good losses, right? You, you shot yourself in the foot a bunch of times in, in each game, but at least these teams are are looking like they have something to mm. them, right? As opposed to to what you would just consider bad losses, like to that the terrible Colts team last year. Mm. Uh, now Denver's making a little bit of run. I you wouldn't be stunned if if Detroit makes waves in the NFL playoffs against the Philadelphia Eagles. So. I don't know. I, I look at the Chiefs, and they're just in a, in a fortunate position, and they're not the only team that has surprise losses on the year, and they're in a much better scenario in controlling their own destiny with eight to play here than mm. a Buffalo, who <laughs> is, that schedule is brutal. now in for a gauntlet at 500. You have Cincinnati, and there's no guarantees there, certainly not in their division. And of the three big teams going into – this year, you know, I think everybody thought that was Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Casey, there's a sure thing to win the division. I mean, I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but they're two and a half games up. That is already taken care of. The bye week is right in front of them. You're seeing teams that are also flawed, and I think even a little bit more flawed below them, losing games they probably shouldn't have. And again, you just are, are in a position where if you improve on offense, and if I'm uh, a fan, I am betting on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure that out a little bit. Then you're definitely looking at one of, if not the best team in the league. And I think the only team that could possibly rival you is the Philadelphia Eagles, who you play Monday night. Right. Uh, we'll get into that after Ron Cop at six fifteen around six thirty. We'll talk Philadelphia Kansas City game uh, because I have a little, a little bit of a question for you with that game. We talked about it last night on After Hours. It was a uh, uh, minute. Topic, uh, I guess you could say, but still want to bring that back up for you. Also, um, Thursday night's a pretty big game. Are you or our Chiefs fans, who should you root for? Because I had a topic last night that you should be rooting for Cincinnati, right? They're five and four, I believe. Five and four, five and five, maybe. Maybe I think they're five and five. They lose. Mm -hmm. They're essentially done. Like, I'm sorry, but they would be out of their own division. The wild card is going to come out of the, I believe, either the, well, probably not the East. The wild card is going to come out of the North and the South. I think that Houston is a more dangerous team than Cincinnati, who just beat them for a tiebreaker. Um, So you're saying root for Baltimore, right? I'm saying you root for Cincinnati to win because then you get two keys to two different houses. You're going to win the AFC West. Do I need to do I need to reiterate that a little bit louder? You're going to win the sure. AFC West. It's over. Right. Not only that, with Baltimore losing, that then gives you essentially a game and a half. Right. If to you beat with. Buffalo, right. you essentially or I mean Philadelphia, you then have a base you don't, you do have a two game lead for the number one spot with essentially two tough games on your schedule, Buffalo, Cincinnati, yeah. and how tough those are now, I don't know, but you would essentially be in the fast lane all the way to your ETA and and no one's catching you. This is a interesting game to pick which way Chiefs fans should go. And I'll tell you why. In the one lens, whenever you have two potential AFC contenders, mm-hmm. as a rule of thumb, you should always go with the team with the lower record. Because as you're saying, it just makes it easier to keep your top seed record. And for Kansas City... That's all that matters. It's getting the top seed in the conference so you can play one less playoff game. We forget that sometimes. How mm-hmm. important is that? I think we're I think we're gonna see some big upsets in the playoffs this year. You don't want to be the two playing the seven. You want to be the one at home resting your starters, resting Patrick Mahomes, your older players, um, like a Travis Kelsey, you know, like some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yes, I, I agree in, in that sense of you would want to root for the team with a less record. And that right now is the Bengals at five and four, uh, the Ravens to me though, it's just in, in just how I feel about the team. I think the Bengals getting a win and doing it without T Higgins involved, who is out by the way, right? I think that would feel like stealing one. And I just think the Bengals are more apt to be a team that could rival the Chiefs when it's all said and done for the best record. And I know that it's kind of going against the rule of thumb where you root for the team with the less record. But I think there's an angle to say, no, you know what? Let's have the Ravens bury the Bengals when it comes to a bye week. Because if they lose on Thursday, they're not winning their division and they're certainly not winning the bye week. Whereas I think by the end of this, I'm still betting the Chiefs over the Ravens every time, even if they were to win on Thursday night. So you're like what my producer Nathan was at last night is he's just get Cincinnati out of the pictures all possible. Yeah, it's almost like a drop into lava game for Cincinnati. Like they need it in more ways than one. And this would sort of eliminate any true threat of them being able to to win the bye. Mm-hmm. Um whereas I don't think Baltimore's gonna be there anyway. Maybe that's irresponsible to say. But I just think in the course of the next eight games, I think Kansas City has a better record anyway. Well, the, you mentioned the gauntlet with uh, with Buffalo's schedule moving forward. Obviously, it's Chiefs are on there, Philadelphia's on there, and bye weeks luckily in there somewhere. I believe in two weeks, or like yeah. But the thing about what I think I saw over the bye week, which was very relaxing, you were able to kind of just watch everybody else from afar. Man, it kind of screams like we might have a, a matchup of the future in the AFC between uh, that kid out of Houston and mm-hmm. uh, one Patrick Mahomes. Because I, I see a lot of similarities. Sure. And I get it. People, you know, we get annoyed. And I'm one of those people that say, don't jump on it. Don't don't throw the Mahomes comparison. And I don't. But the sort of flash in the pan slash answering the call, like right. hog flex type of thing from C.J. Stroud that we've seen the last two weeks – Brought his team back against a Tampa team that's not necessarily terrible on defense and threw some dimes into some buckets. And then to double down the very next week as a five-point dog, throw an interception late, overturn adversity, and then go out there and do it again against a premier team like Cincinnati. That's kind of like that Patrick Mahomes where it's like, yeah, he threw six touchdowns this week. What did he do next week? I don't know. Threw five for 420 and just didn't care about the week before. It's like – all that success in a young mind is got to be great and has to feel nice, but it's like he brought it, threw it out, and then restarted it all over again into the exact same thing. That's where the Patrick Mahomes, and that's where I'm like, you know what, if I had a crystal ball and I had to think of what a good AFC matchup could be because Buffalo's right. window closing, maybe Cincinnati, their team goes different. What if it is CJ and Mahomes for the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I I like C.J. Stroud, and what he has done has been so impressive. I certainly think that he's going to an offensive rookie of the year Mm -hmm. and may even get himself into the MVP race. But when it comes to this, and it's become a cliche, next great AFC rivalry, man, I'm hanging up. I'm just so sick of hearing about it. I mean, we started with... Tell him, Pete. We started with... Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah. And, oh, and Lamar's the next great thing. We moved on to Justin Herbert. No, that didn't really work out, and that didn't pan out. We moved on to Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow uh, did get Mahomes once, but the Chiefs ended up getting him the next time and then winning a championship, so they've taken that back in a sense. And Joe Burrow has had an injury-filled year, and sure, that has had an impact. 
Same thing with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is now going to be the next AFC rival. Maybe it's just Patrick Mahomes against everybody. Maybe it's a Tom Brady thing where Tom Brady didn't just have the one fell. I guess maybe if you want to make a case that it was Peyton Manning. But Brady got Manning a lot more times than Manning got him. And I just, I think it's one of these things where it's Patrick Mahomes versus everybody. Mm. I And it's I used John to. John Snow. I used to say the same thing and make the same exaggerations of, well, you know what? We might be watching Mahomes and Allen like we did Brady and Manning. And then we did it like four more times. So give me a couple more Stroud seasons before we say, like, this is now the next rivalry because it would be the record seventh time we've done it. I would say the reason it's not as long as Brady and Manning is because the fatalities that Mahomes has on his record are like Brady would just go down and kick a field goal. That sucks. Right. Brady never beat you with 13 seconds left where you were just absolutely in the best game of your life. And then also Brady didn't go like, I don't know, maybe he did, but like what is Mahomes' record in the AFC? Like 25 and four. Like it's just, it's it's been complete. Just like Mel Gibson, the Patriot with the hatchet, just like, I'm going to kill you. Over and over and over even, and over again. Even early before all of this stuff, if you right. can remember that long, when Deshaun was on the Texans, he was in, he was going to be. Yeah, how'd that work out? And I don't know. 24 to 7. And like I said, I'm not innocent here. I would do the same thing. But as I've covered Pat, we got to get somebody that's winning consistently before we say, oh, this is going to be the Patrick Mahomes rival. He might just be in his own category here. Well, we know one guy that would never be able to compete with Patrick Mahomes. That is Ron Kopp. We know about his six interceptions in a game. Yeah, Yeah, Binkley told me to say it, so that's it. It's over with. I'm done with it. Sorry, Ron. Ron (laughs) Kopp, lead lead film analyst on the other side of Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney, JT Noah, and Dusty Likens. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. No, 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 no. Karma's a guy in the Chiefs. By the way, uh, you're in a very healthy relationship. When will you your think? parents meet her parents? Uh, we we we're serving, <laughs> Here's, yeah. we're serving up for Christmas Eve. We got a date. We got a date on the calendar. Oh, yeah, my parents. Uh, we uh uh. Well, my parents don't live here, so it's got to be a special special situation. So it looks like Christmas Eve is a, is going to be our joint. Yeah. Um. Don't forget tomorrow. No players only. We are. Uh, we're here. What? Yeah. No players only. Why would we listen then? Because you have after hours from 6 to 9. <laughs> okay. And there's no after hours Friday, sure. so we get to be a little risque Whoa. on Thursday. Oh, you're going to go extra? I don't know. No, no after hours on, on Friday? No, K-State starts at 5. Their pregame starts at 4, so the drive gets a short show. I get no show. Mm. and then What are you going to do? Uh, it's the mayor's Christmas tree lighting at Lee Summit. Oh, wow. That's Somebody one of your that. favorite things. It Love is. it, dude. You're going to wear a sweater? Uh, cardigan. Okay. Yeah. JT, when did your parents meet her parents? Uh, so we, they met like, uh, eight months into it almost. See, I was going to say, that's pretty, that's, yeah. that's about, I think like four is probably good. Yeah. That's, that's eight months. Crazy. He was like, I don't know. You, my dad is wild. <laughs> four is oh, little... I, I was like, Hey, you're, you're a city. My dad's, he's a redneck. Watch out. <laughs> oh Lord. Four is a little speedy. Okay. So it's like six. Yeah. Ron Cops next, on next time. We'll also, to, did we'll you just mention we're getting a thirsty Thursday after hours? Are you here tomorrow night? I am not. Oh, but okay. I, that'd, yeah. that'd be fun. That's what we're going to do. Uh, Ron, cop joins the show. Ron, when did your parents meet her parents? That's a good question. I was honestly trying to think of an answer for you. I think it was more than half a year. It's probably about a year down the road. So it's, we, a, we it's, were, at, least a, in together. it's at least a 365? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't have any rules on it. You know, love is love, man. No, shout out, shout oh. out, love. You know, I mean, shout you know, out, love, dude. We also, <laughs> you go when you want to go. We don't really know. I mean, the, to be fair, too, we don't really know what the true timeline is on Taylor and Trav. I mean, it could have been secret for longer exactly. than, than we know. Yeah. So it's an un, it's a it's an undefined timeline. So who's to who's to judge? Ron, how uh, how electrifying was that bye week though? Yeah, the only thing I'm looking forward to more than the Lee Summit Mayor's Christmas lighting That's right, baby. is this Chiefs Eagles game on Monday night. Uh no, I'm I am over this bye week, honestly. I'm 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 completely over it. I'm I'm tired of not watching Chiefs football. This game on Monday night is going to be electric. Um it's going to be, you know, ridiculous just in terms of I feel like it's gonna be a high scoring game. I feel like both offenses off a of bye week are gonna be ready and uh, to roll. I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 fired up for this game, guys. I really am. Now, Dusty, I, before we ask Ron the next question, I'll let you yeah. do that. Uh, are you feeling the same way? Are you putting Chiefs birds over Lee Summit Christmas lighting, or where do you fall on that? Right well, I don't there? have to because it's Monday night as opposed to Friday yeah, night. Yeah, but what if you could, it could only do Oh, one? Chiefs birds, okay. man. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. I'm I'm sports horny for Chiefs yeah, birds. All right, easy. What? Easy. Okay. It's a kid show? All right. Why don't you ask Ron another question? Ron, uh, when you look at this offense and we hear what Andy Reid had to say, he kind of gave us clarification of what we've been saying all along, us three uh, smart guys in this room. Well, one on the phone, two in the room. Uh, Canaries, Tony, and Jerry McKinnon, you believe, have been on a pitch count, and now we hear Andy Reid kind of say, yeah, you know, we didn't really want him to, you know, risk anything. We want him healthy for the longevity. That is what exactly we've been saying all year long, correct? Yeah, sometimes we do need that little reminder. Like Andy Reid kind of just like gave it to us straight. Like, hey, guys, he did have knee surgery during training camp. Like that wasn't that long ago. Like let's make sure we remember that and remember how long the season is, especially for the Chiefs who, you know, right now obviously are looking in prime position to be, you know, in the one seed, be in a position to be going on a long postseason run again. They obviously have a, a game up in, in the, on the entire conference. So, yeah, I think it's, they played it very smart. They've only lost two games through halfway through the season, and Tony is still someone that I think they could get more involved in the offense and it could help this pass offense get going. You know, I, I really feel like, you know, he is still that guy that, you know, you want to get the ball t- uh, too quickly and he'll make a play. You know, Rasheed Rice is probably the primary guy right now for that, but Tony is still that, that, that second one that can really make something out of nothing. And the Chiefs love to do that, obviously, you know, in their quick screen passes or slants, um, you know, off of, you know, their run fakes. You know, they, they need that playmaking at the position. So I'm, I'm hoping they do kind of gear that up as the, the playoff stretch uh, gets going. Talking with Ron Kopp, our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Ron, I, knew, I know you've done some examining of the team, much like the team does during the bye week, of ways to improve. You already talked us through potentially using Tony a, a little bit. What do you see as far as improvements from the offense? Yeah, the one thing that really does just need to improve, and, it, and it's not just like a schematic thing. It's not like a, yeah. It, it really is just hey, these guys just need to play better. It's the front five. It's the offensive line. If they can really, you know, step up their game and play like to the ex- expectation that we all know them to play to, I think you could see this offense, you know, take off naturally. I think the one thing you're seeing right now is the run game just isn't helping. It isn't giving the offense much of a cushion at all. They're averaging 4.1 yards per attempt the lowest mark in the Patrick Mahomes era since he's been the starting quarterback. So that's the, the, the fewest yards per carry that, that Mahomes has ever been supported by. And the real weird stat here is the Chiefs actually are tied for the lowest uh, rate of yards after contact per attempt. So that means the running backs are not getting anything after they're initially contacted uh, more than, than any other player in the NFL. And that would tell you it's a running back stat, right? But 
I, I don't know. Isaiah Pacheco's running pretty violently. I think what that tells you is that the offensive line is just not getting any push, and every con every time the running back gets contacted, it's by two or three guys, and he's not able to get get around it. Right. I really feel like if if the Chiefs spread out a little more, you know, maybe get uh, get away from running out of those those condensed formations, those heavier formations, because you're not able to pass out of them as much as you were last year with the Jody Fortson, right? Those, those heavy tight end sets are not as, as, as uh, weaponized in the pass game. So you might as well get your lighter formations, get your three receiver sets and run out of those. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to see them get more successful running into light boxes, running um, out of lighter formations. Ron, last question here. Um, I'm going to ask Pete this question. Is this the biggest game of the year in the NFL? I think so. No, I really think so. I'm, 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 I'm feeling it at least. Um, no, you, you're talking about the two teams that are at the top of the NFL. I think clearly, I think every other team uh, in the NFL is a contender or, you know, the contenders, at least, you know, they're contenders, but they have fatal flaws. The Chiefs and Eagles obviously have flaws too, but I think these two teams have proven it the most out of anybody. I think these are the two best teams in the NFL. They've proven it the most out of every team in the NFL and having them both off of the bye week, you know, having them off the Super Bowl rematch, all the, the, the talk of the Kelseys, right, you know, just drumming up that interest, man, this might be one of the biggest games in NFL history, regular, regular season-wise. Ron, what do you got coming up this week? Coming off a bye, you should be all rested up, ready to put it to work. What's going on over here at Arrowhead Pride Radio? Yeah, man, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm super fired up. Um, mm. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to have a Chiefs-Eagles preview. I'm going to rewatch the Super Bowl um, probably tonight, actually, and, and kind of give us some, mm. some some things to think about, you know, what's different from you know, the matchup last year to this year. I think one thing is Jalen Carter, that, that rookie on, on the inside. So look out for that on ArrowheadPride.com. Uh, are you going to watch it and just drink Gatorade? Or are you going to watch it and drink some vino? <laughs> or are you going to drink some Miller High Lives? We're just trying to figure out what Pete I need to grab after this, after this show. I think I got some Boulevard wheats in the fridge, Let's so uh, that's that's the move. That's try to the move. Try to drink six tank sevens and watch the entire game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. not making it through that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. It's it's Boulevard wheats. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ron. Uh, we'll talk to you next time here on Airhead Pride Radio. We appreciate your time. And he's gone. You are <laughs> such a jerk, dude. What do you mean? That's do you what they still do to star sixty seven people. That's what that's you are. What do you light bags of poo on fire and put them on porches no, still? No you way. seem like that guy. No. Do you go smash some pumpkins after Halloween? Eggs. Throwing eggs? God. Were you an egg thrower as a kid? Absolutely not. Yeah, My dad scared the living snot out of me of what I would do if you I egged a house. Eggs. I knew you threw eggs. No. I, I put teepee on a house once. No eggs. Eggs can mess up paint, and I don't want to have to get charged for that. I didn't make that good of an allowance. I was, you know. Low, low scale there. Uh, Ron Cobb of Arrowhead Pride Radio just joined us there. Ron Cobb Jr., lead film analyst over at that wonderful website. Pete Sweeney, JT Noah with you. Dusty Legas on the other side. We dive in uh, with Pete over this Philadelphia matchup. But don't forget, you can ask Pete anything for our Arrowhead Pride mailbag session at the very end. That number is easy to remember. It's 913-586-7610. That is 913-586-7610. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. We'll be back on their side. Chiefs Philly. Bye weeks over. This is 610 Sports Radio. Walking, feeling like the villain. Bad guy now, what a feeling. Want me to lose, no kidding. Red jacket, so thrilling. Yeah, I got the great clouds when I'm coming around. Mm-hmm, yeah, even when the sun is out. Mm-hmm, unannounced, 100,000 thunder clouds. Crowd loud and clap. Back on air at Pride Radio. Dusty Like is with you, Pete Sweeney, as well, as we put our cell phones down and look at the betting. Another commercial break coming so we can dial into that. Um, all right, let's talk a little... A little Chiefs and Philadelphia action. I asked Ron Cop, not yeah. biggest game of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs, Pete. No, 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 no. Is this the biggest game of the year for the NFL? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think and and I I think it, it it's a timeline thing where it becomes more important because when the schedule is released, a lot of times you look for the game of the year. You know, mm-hmm. What is going to be the game of the year this year? We do articles at AP. We're so excited about the season. We haven't had football in a long time. And the anticipation builds and builds. We highlight games on the Chiefs' schedule. Everyone that covers the Chiefs, everyone that covers the Eagles, everybody that covered covers the NFL circled this game. And I'm said, in. And said, this is, the, this is the biggest game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think year to year, a lot of times you get to the quote unquote biggest game of the year, especially if it's at the middle of the season and it's nowhere close to the game. And, and I just think the weight that the gravity that it has when you started evaluating these games in the summer, the chiefs and the Eagles based upon how their seasons have gone, both have had their slip ups, right? Mm -hmm. But they're number one teams in each of their conferences and it's a critical game for both teams when it comes to just mere control of the conference because mm-hmm. you got teams in the NFC that are waiting for the Eagles to falter. There are a number of teams now, especially after the bipocalypse that happened to the rest of the AFC that needs the Chiefs to lose a game. Right. And if you can't get there on the tiebreakers, you need to have a better record. And so, again, the, the conferences will be watching. The other teams and the other fan bases will be rooting against their own conference. And – you're just looking for uh, an entertaining football game here. I, I think for sure it's the biggest game of the year. It was always the biggest game of the year. And at least so far in the preview here, it's going to live up to that expectation. What do you look more forward to in this game? Uh, Chiefs versus Philadelphia, the continuing success of our, um, I guess not ours, but their uh, success rate against wide receiver ones. AJ Brown, no joke, man. This guy's a big dude uh, and probably top three receiver this year in the NFL. I think, honestly, it's probably been, what, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, and C.D. Land. Those are your top three receivers this year. You played Tyreek Hill, he had 62 yards on eight receptions. Perfect case scenario. Right. Uh, another tough task against A.J. Brown. You have it a week off. Andy Reid, obviously, 27-4 and four after a bye. Now you bring in A.J. Brown, another wide receiver one. Not one this year has had 100 yards against the Chiefs. Uh, you, looking, you looking at that matchup, or are you looking at, you know, how do they incorporate the run against a defensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I'm looking at the offense in general. I think everybody is going to be looking at the offense in general because mm-hmm. the Chiefs made a, a very clear-cut decision, I think, both in the offseason then at the trade deadline with some of the decisions they made to bolster, bolster the offensive line and, and the defense. And there have been uh, some cries for improvement from the offense, and and rightly so. And so at the trade deadline, nothing happens. I, I kind of alluded to I didn't, I didn't think a ton was going to happen because the Chiefs didn't have the room, but they more or less confirmed, we think we have enough here. And so the next juncture that you can look for in a change, and I said this in the weeks leading up, is what does the Chiefs offense look like after the bye? And for me, it's going to be the same as what you kind of saw. Of course, it's Travis Kelsey and running the offense through him, but I think there's going to be a higher emphasis on running the football. I think you're going to see receivers – that are younger, getting the time and the true time, like mm-hmm. a Rasheed Rice. I think you still get Justin Watson for a bunch of snaps. I think potentially Sky Moore starts to get more looks, and I also think it's Jarek McKinnon starting to get involved now that you're in the second half of the season. They've been saving up McKinnon for what is this stretch. It still may be a little bit early on Monday night, but the next couple of weeks look for him to get involved as well. Do you see this defense, I guess, do you see the competition between the offense and the defense kind of taking a different route? I mean, I know it's 
kind of been subpar for some people's expectation for this offense, but still third and I think total yards a game. I think they're in the top 12 in points. They're, you know, their offense isn't like dead last or it's not like they're struggling. It's just not normal offense, but the defense way above normal. Like does something come back down to life or does something finally get figured out and go a little bit higher? Or is it, you know, you can expect things to change for the offense, but in reality, like, it's going to be pretty minute when it comes to what you what you see. Like like you just mentioned, you're going to see McKinnon more, so you're going to see that you know the wheel routes come out more, the screen passes, or Tony's going to get more involved. Like what's what do you what do you see kind of trending when, towards in this well, second half? I you know, and I, I've reminded people about this. The the Chiefs are right around ten when it comes to their offense. So mm-hmm. I, it's probably a little bit of both, right? Right. If you're looking at what they call the regression to the mean, I think the Chiefs will yeah. probably look a little bit better than they did in the first half on offense and. Because they were so damn good on defense, it's reasonable to expect a little bit of slippage in the second half. But where does that leave you? That leaves you with maybe right at the NFL average of a top five defense, maybe right at five, Mm -hmm. and then right at the top five of of the average of of a a offense in, in the top five. And so long as you don't make mistakes and so long as you don't take penalties, that should be enough for you to win the the championship. I thought the Miami game served as a measuring stick to where the Chiefs are at when it comes to a team. They passed that with flying colors. They uh, were able to curb Miami, did enough on offense to get the win. This is another measuring stick game because I don't think there are a lot of teams that are close to these two teams. You know, mm-hmm. we always, we're always trying to make a case for, you know, who's in the Eagles tier in the NFC, who's in the Chiefs tier in the AFC. It's up and down, and one team emerges and they fall back, and another team, and it's just these two teams. So this will give you a real clear picture right damn smack in the middle of the season Mm, about what we we can say the the word right it's up to you it's your show about what you can expect moving forward and and whether or not the chiefs are there right now or do they have a lot more work to do by the time they could potentially see this team uh once again in february a little repeat which uh, nobody but in philly and kansas city would like yeah, uh, the Chiefs defense, I saw the stats today. The Chiefs defense allowed points on just 24 of 94 drives this season, 25.5%. It ranks second in the NFL when it comes to that uh, stat. Also, what do you like more in this Philadelphia Chiefs game? Do you like the Chiefs minus 2.5, or do you like 45.5 for the over? I like the Chiefs probably better than the over-under. You know, I think – both defenses are capable of making this. Do the Chiefs have a better defense in Philadelphia? A defensive game. It's hard to say. Because you remember the narrative last year. It right. was like this Chiefs offense for this Philly defense. Seems like the Philly offense has kind of done a 180 to their defense. Vice versa. Arago, you go over to the Chiefs. It's like their defense, their offense has done a little bit of motion. Yeah, I I still take the Chiefs defense, I, I think, uh, over Philly. just the way that they mm-hmm. were playing. Like, you have to see what they're doing after the bye. I thought it was interesting that Trent McDuffie hopped on the Adam Schefter podcast and just revealed that they've been eyeing this game. Like they were not satisfied with their performance in the, in the Super Bowl, And they certainly scared everyone in Kansas city. I mean, it, it felt like the Eagles were a sure bet to win that game at halftime mm-hmm. before we know what, what kind of transpired there, but they have a chip on their shoulders. They're going to want to perform better. I think the, the Eagles defense has a lot of tape on how to attack what is the the Chiefs' offense? There were times where the Chiefs' offense stalled. We know in the first half, so I I would be more apt to take the under. And I I still like the Chiefs to figure out a way to win this football game. I still I still consider them the best team in the league until proven otherwise. 
yeah, they've had their slip-ups. Everyone has. But I think largely if you know, you're betting, and let's just say we're throwing out FanDuel and DraftKings and mm. all that stuff, and we're just saying, hey. Well, Shetra can't talk about that. Bet, bet on a team to save your life. Mm-hmm. Everybody still is picking the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, for me, uh, that's enough to say I think they'll find a game plan, find a way to win this game on Monday night. You know who knew the game was over? Uh, when we went up 27-21. Uh, I knew uh, deep down mm. that it was probably a chance we were, we were going to lose. Because he got the field goal there instead of the touchdown? Mm-hmm. You can't kick field goals and beat Patrick Mahomes, and A.J. Brown knew the game was over before it was over. Yeah, and I, I don't think they'll make the same mistake twice, which leads you to even a more interesting aspect of the game. You know, are we going to see some fourth, some some fourth down tries? We know the Eagles just go for it for, on fourth and one from anywhere. Will they try it on fourth and two? Will yep. they you know go for it? Yeah, I, very interesting. Um, uh, I'm I'm eager to see how this one plays out. Certainly a game of the year candidate. And when you get so much hype going into the game, it's very hard to live up to that that potential but you hope it does on monday night uh you said you hate uh future matchups or uh future rivalries uh jalen hurts patrick mahomes get to set that one because you know that (laughs) game after monday we've got a new one it's hurts and mahomes uh coming up after this show is that betting show with alex gold uh he is live from hollywood casino that show starts at 7 p.m after the arrowhead pride radio show but first don't forget Ask Pete anything with the Chiefs coming up on the other side. That's 913-586-7610-913-586-7610. JT Noah, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Lager, just to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. No, it doesn't. Arrowhead Pride Radio here, continuing on 610 Sports Radio as we will dive into the mailbag here in just a second. 913-586-7610. Up to you. Uh, you can ask Pete what you're feeling, what you're thinking. You know, the bye week, you've got some time to to let it stew, let it go through, and, uh, and, and maybe, you know, think about what you've got. So 913-586-7610. Um, we can dive into that mailbag. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. Mailbag. Mailbag. Hey, Pete. Yeah. Who do you think from this receiver core is the number one receiver not named Travis Kelsey? And who, so you think from that receiver room, will still be here next year? Loaded question, but who's the best wide receiver or who's number one on this roster and who will still be here next year? Number one question for the mailbag. Well, I think Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore, uh, you know, will be here. That That's a given. I think that the Chiefs have really leaned into Sky Moore as being the number one for this team. And so I think he's probably one of the guys uh, of the future. Now you have to see about what happens with the rest of the room. We know that McCole Hardman is on the one-year deal. You still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling Valde- mm-hmm. under contract, but he is... Um, you know, a little bit more uh, cuttable next year. So, you know, we'll see um, what what that could do for you. You could save about 12 million in the cap, and a lot of it will depend on who the Chiefs acquire in the offseason. I believe Kadarius Tony is still under contract. I, I don't see any reason why Justin Watson isn't here. I think Marquez is, is one to watch. I wonder 
how much the rest of the year has to, to do with whether or not McColl maybe is retained. But I think the Chiefs are going to try to get a receiver in the draft. You know, Jay, Jay has been talking Heard that about before. it before. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I think the centerpiece right now is Rasheed Rice. Hey, Pete. This one comes from Dan and KCK. The running game. Shall it be good in the second half? Also, the defense should be good to go. And Rice and Kelsey should. Is that the, the combination moving forward for the receiver? Yeah. Dan and KCK. Take care, Pete. Rice and uh, Kelsey for sure. And, I, you know, I'd like to see the Chiefs lean into Isaiah Pacheco a bit more. Mm-hmm. He only needs in the next eight games 60 yards a game for a 1,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. And I, I see no reason why he shouldn't get that. And so... We'll see how it goes for for Pacheco, but I I just love the Chiefs' offense when they're getting him involved and getting him involved early. So you hope that starts on Monday night, early in that game. From the nine one three, does the Dust Man and the Fancy Pants have a dog, and what kind? No dog. Um, no dog for me. Uh, sorry. Uh, from the nine one three, any rumblings about being bringing uh, Keandre Colburn back and placing him on the practice squad? Question mark. Hey Pete. Well, here's what we know about. Uh, Coburn waves by the Broncos after three weeks was inactive every week. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there was some internet panic when the Chiefs lost their sixth rounder about the Broncos getting them, uh, which we can laugh about now. Uh, I wasn't panicked. Uh, you know, sometimes you make mistakes in day three of the draft that that ends up happening. Uh, the Chiefs have been spoiled by the amount of picks that have hit in the the, the day three. But I don't see why they wouldn't be maybe interested in getting Keandre back around them. the day after he was waived. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Spagnola went on record and, and just saying that, you know, he loved him and he'd be praying that they would be able to retain him. So probably uh, was sour for them to see him sign with the Broncos. We'll see when we get there tomorrow. But I think there's a pretty good chance unless they tend to like somebody more, um, you know, which which can happen uh, as well because this is the NFL. It's fluid. I, I tend to think there's a good chance, uh, but we, we'll see when we get there uh, for our first practice look tomorrow, Dusty. From the A16, hey, Pete, do you get tired of Dusty like the rest of us do, JK? I don't know if that's like his initials yeah. or that's the Dusty, acronym for just kidding. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this. When oh, I first met, met Dusty, Yeah, I, I mean, he was a lot, uh, but he's an acquired <laughs> taste, right? He's like a bold red, and oh. uh, you know, you drink enough of it, and you, you start to crave it a little bit. So that's kind of how I feel about the, du- the dust, man. Mm, acquired taste. Yeah. At first, you were like, absolutely not. Yeah. So, you know, if I was what setting made you someone come, up, what made you come back if for I was more? setting someone up with you, I'd say, you know, give it to day three, maybe, or yeah. episode three. You might start to grow. But then what if they're like, oh, man, first date was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I think at that point you should run. Yeah. yeah. Something's not right. Yeah, no. Uh, I have a question for you. Um, who do you see leading this sack at the end of the year, George Karloftis or Chris Jones? Six and a half if to you six. Look at the deeper numbers, uh, and I know that Karloftis has a game on Jones by his own doing. Mm-hmm. Not his fault, right? He wasn't in a suite watching his team lose, right? Uh, Karloftis has way more pressures, and I just think the presence of Jones probably leads to more sacks than Jones himself. So I actually think Karloftis sneakily uh, leads his team in sacks by the end of the year, and and not that he hasn't done the work, but he's mm-hmm. helped a lot by one-on-one looks that wouldn't be there necessarily if Chris Jones wasn't on the team. What is your ETA for Nick Bolton's return? Mm, I mean, we're still probably six games or so out, right? Uh, that's going to feel like a trade acquisition, like at the MLB deadline. Oh, I mean, no. That, and someone that you're getting and what a boost I, I think it'll provide. But I, 
you know, I don't think it's it's anytime soon for him. I think we got another month. Playoffs, left. playoffs, playoffs, just save. Yeah, I think there's you know, the Chiefs always And then it's just a gigantic club on that hand. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs are always safe with, with these types of things. I mean, we saw it was almost maddening last year mm-hmm. with Trent McDuffie. Right. Just how long they elected to just chill, 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 and then finally they they brought him back. And that was good because he never had any setbacks. So I think the Chiefs will be cautious. By the time Nick Bolton gets back, if they continue playing the way that they're playing, you know, maybe you don't need the last few games as much. Maybe they just are like, all right, you're gonna be ready for divisional round game one or you know, if they end up getting a wild card to start, you know, winning the division but having to play in the wild card round, maybe they just hold out Bolton for that. Is it still uh Sneed's gonna be on the bigger guy? Or is it just kind of like they both kind of take care of their own side of the field? Because you get Devonta Smith and Jalen or and uh, AJ Brown, and you have Trent McDuffie and Lajarius Sneed. Is yeah. it kind of like how they do that? It's a little bit of matchup thing, and it seems like they like Sneed better on the outside. McDuffie has been working more inside this year. I, I tend to think you had it right though. AJ Brown and, and Lajarius seems like the matchup. They can't always get that matchup right. right. With, they do a lot of mixing and matching, but ideally, I think they will want to have Lajarius on on AJ Brown and. Uh, I think you see Trent McDuffie against Devontae a lot, yeah. Who do you trust more? As far as? Cornerback. Quarterback? Corner. Oh, Mahomes over Gabbert. Thank you. Um, No, corner. Oh, corner. Well, in this game, it doesn't matter who you trust. Uh, You have to trust both of them. I mean, I've been forthcoming about how high I am on Trent McDuffie. I mean, I think he's still getting better in year two, and he already is one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And so I think week by week you trust McDuffie more. Legereus Sneed has the experience. I think he's gradually still improving, but mm-hmm. I, you kind of know what Legereus Sneed is at this point. Uh, so if, you, you know, if you're know if you having me pick the player, uh, it's McDuffie. But I, I think you need both of these guys to play well to win uh, against the Eagles because you mentioned that, that wide receiver attack. It's, it's deadly. Last one of mine before we get out of here, a random question. Um, we know Andy Reid can be cheeky. Do you think there's any possible way he draws up a, a, you know, a brotherly shove if they have the ball in the one against Philadelphia? Because we know well, we're going to see that. As Patrick Mahomes said on the Manning cast. Mm, he said it. He said uh, a lot on the Manning cast. D- we did it with our, our long snapper. So if he's willing to do it with the long snapper, maybe he's willing to do it with the quarterback or one of these tight end quarterbacks like Noah Gray or, or Blake Bell or something. What do you got coming up the rest of the week as we get out of here tonight? Yeah, it's a, it's a good week at airheadpride.com. Uh, we'll start pumping out more tomorrow it's it's been a slow week to this point but we got press conferences thursday friday and saturday so break up your usual saturday schedule check us on the weekend we'll have more stuff coming out on saturday as well coming up next it's the betting show with alex gold live from hollywood casino tune into that seven to eight then it's the coach show coach kleinman that's p sweeney on the vocals that's jt noah on the ones and twos i'm dusty likens just going acapella have a good night kansas city be safe do something nice for somebody it's cool to care good night kansas city this has been arrow pride radio